Evolutionary.org presents Evolutionary Hardcore Podcast with your co-hosts, Steve from the American Underground and Mobster from the UK Iron Den. Get ready for the most hardcore and underground info in the industry. And here we go. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6... Evolutionary.org Hardcore Podcast coming your way. Episode 184, Christian Bale, Steve Smee, and the Mobster from across the pod. What's up, man? This guy is a transformation machine. Let's, let's, let's smash the granny out of it and see what we can do for him. Not only a transformation machine, Christian Bale, but he's also a very versatile English actor, considered one of the most influential people the past decade. Known for his Batman roles where he got into top shape and transformed his body and other roles where he had to really, really get skinny and really frail looking. His stats, six foot tall, between 121 and 220 pounds, depending on his role. Trimmed 32 inch waist at his peak. Solid 17 inch bicep looked really good with no shirt on and those Batman roles. We're going to take a look at his life roles, training diet strategies and his steroid cycle. So, Mobster, I'm going to bring in Mobster since he's his neighbor over there in England. Mobster, tell yeah. us a little bit about Christian Bale's early life. Born January 30th, 1974 in Pembrokeshire, Wales, which is, uh, as Stephen Furr's kind of neighborish, is about 40, 50 miles away he was born. Uh, parents English, with mother being a circus performer, it's a bit unusual. And father, David Bale, was a businessman and animal activist. So that's, again, for 1974 was kind of a new thing, especially in the 70s. Uh, nowadays, not unusual. Parents were also into entertainment, one being a stand-up comedian and the other one a standing actor. So you can certainly see, Steve, that there's an influence from uh, mum, dad and the grandparents. Um, even though he wasn't in it to acting much as he grew up, his family pushed him into it anyway. <laughs> Definitely an influence there. Training in ballet and had child roles and commercials as he, uh, so, as he went along, Steve. So Moving around a lot as a child. Again, this is not unusual in the 70s, and especially, as Steve knows, in entertainment, you go where the work is, and it's not always uh, local to where you are. Living in England and parts of Portugal. Quickly tell anyone, even though he was born in Wales, he is English due to confusion about his accent, which is not Welsh, and uh, that's quite true. There's a bunch of... Uh, we put a link in the article with a bunch of, uh, of his roles, and, and, and again... In fact, one of the films that we're going to get into that I've mentioned in, in my notes, show notes and talked to with Steve in the pre-show is American Psycho. So versatile, to say the least, in terms of uh, linguistic ability, because doesn't sound at all Welsh, played an American Psycho with uh, an American uh, accent and is actually English again. And of course, there's other films that he's been in. Um, starting to get into uh, film roles as a teenager, playing a British boy during the World War II, uh, with Steven Spielberg's Empire of the Sun. Very good film, guys. You should check that one out. And it's got him early awards and fame. Two years later, he played in Henry V, which is kind of uh, one of those roles that so many uh, classic actors uh, really, really want to get their, meat, their, their teeth into it and, and prove their worth. It's a, it's a classic uh, Shakespearean. And then a role in Treasure Island. The main role came in in 1992 in the film Newsies, which bombed at the theatre and was panned by critics. So that would be his first starring role. 
I spent the rest of the night playing various versatile roles. Um, I want to mention the big hits here as well, Steve. I've already mentioned American Psycho, uh, which is not in the article, but we can add it later on. I think it's one of those films that was a classic of its time. It was kind of um, in its way poking fun at the, the 80s with the blackberries and um, little folders that you kept and the whole guys got crazy over the business cards. And at the same time, it's quite a dark movie and it definitely shows, in my opinion, his range as an actor. You've got a bunch of others, of course. The classic one, and we'll get into the whole dieting part in a little while, is um, another psychological movie, The Machinist, where he lost so much weight. And we'll address that in a minute. And then, of course, the big one for most people would be him as Batman. I've actually got the, those particular movies here that he stars in, alongside a couple of great actors, of course. Uh, the uh, first Batman movie made over 200 million at the box office and was considered a critical success. I think what happened there, Steve, is you're going from the very comic-like earlier movies uh, into a more serious rebooting of the series and much more in a movie style rather than a graphic novel, comic, or whatever else that's been put on the screen. Arnold Schwarzenegger's Mr. Freeze, et cetera, et cetera. It was all kind of like... The, the kind of semi-serious actors, but the movie seemed to be playing tongue-in-cheek. And when Christian came along, when they changed directors, it was all completely redone, serious stuff, serious acting, and uh, I think much more enjoyable in its particular way. I can't say that I've gone back and watched the comic ones, the cartoonish ones, uh, versus these ones. I much prefer to watch these ones again and again and again. He's done a bunch of other movies here, and I had to look one of these up very briefly. Uh, and, and, and I didn't think I'd seen it, but I had. And that was one of his movies uh, called The Fighter. And again, it's one of those roles that he's got in a shape for. And again, so we'll address that momentarily. Um, alongside, again, other great actors, Mark Wahlberg in that particular case. And he's playing the out-of-shape drug taken a brother versus the uh, Mark Wahlberg character as the fighter. Uh, and getting back into shape and whatever else. And again, it's one of those ones, I, I think I just fell across it, Steve, and um, ended up surprisingly involved, very, very good at the end. And you 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 don't think it's going to be that big because it's got a lot of, there's so many fight movies out there to compare it to. Uh, it's, it's kind of dark and it's based on a documentary. Um, and the background and upbringing of the two brothers that were involved in the, the, the actual real life story uh, is kind of shit. So you come in from there, you're definitely escaping from the mean streets. And, you're, and, and again, it's that sort of stuff, you know, one brother's into drugs, one brother's trying to make a name for himself. And I think there's a scene in the movie which sticks in my mind and it's very much of the, you know, you've got the guy running down the street, I like, like Rocky and trying to get in shape and at the same time having to deal with the bullshit, go and rescue his brother from a drug den, all that kind of stuff, a crack house. It's, it's kind of fucked up and definitely not something an athlete wants to be dealing with, with all this kind of bullshit, you know, person literally kind of hanging on to you and trying to stop you being successful. And the, the two characters, the two actors together do a very, very good job. So that's definitely worth, worth looking at. I'll let, you, I'll let you cover the next part there, Steve. Yeah, and then, you know, the, the whole Batman series, um, Mobster talked about uh, Batman Begins, his first role, but a few years later, he came back, The Dark Knight, 
that was directed by Christopher Nolan made over a billion at the box office. I mean, they followed up at the Dark Knight Rises, which also made over a billion. These are quality movies, critically acclaimed movies. I'm not into the whole superhero stuff, but a lot of people are. And those movies kind of cater to the young male demographic, which is the number one moviegoer out there. Uh, that's a thing to do. And uh, if you live in a small town across the country, that's one of the few things you get to do is go to the movies um, and watch, watch a movie, maybe take, take a date, go with your buddies. And this is something that really, um, it's really big money-making machine. So he really hit the jackpot being part of that and playing the whole Bruce Wayne and Batman thing. Also Ford versus Ferrari, critically acclaimed movie. I'm not into cars, just like I'm not into superhero movies, but I do appreciate a good movie. And he played in that movie, and it was a quite good movie, even if you're not into cars and racing and all that crap. But he he played a really good role, and he had to lose weight so he could fit into the car. And that's something that people don't realize about when you're a race car driver. You can't be, obviously, a heavy guy because that's going to slow down the car, and you're not going to be able to fit you know, very well. So, And then Vice was another one. These are well-received movies, and then Mobster mentioned The Fighter. So... Um, he's definitely still going. He's going to be in several films in the upcoming year as well. So we'll see how he does and if he can get more hits as well. So, yeah, Mobster, give us your thoughts on that. And I'll kind of get into the Oscar. I was going to talk about the, the Batman-type movies and, and that stuff. Most films, as Steve well knows, are, of course, forms of escapism and entertainment. Uh, and Steve is exactly right when he talks about the younger demographic, younger male demographic specifically. Now, most of the guys that we've done these um, actor transformation uh, podcast on, this is the latest, that's kind of where they are. And I think what it is, Steve, I don't know about you, I, I, certainly when I was younger, and you mentioned, you know, if you're in the middle of nowhere, in the mid Midwest, um, miles from the big city, whatever else, going to the cinema, seeing a movie is, is a big deal. But when you especially, I think probably up to my teens, up to when I was about 13, my mum and my dad would chase me and my brothers out the house with the coins and get us to go down and see this kind of stuff. And of course, it's the idea that you're Superman. You know, it's a kind of good movie for those kind of people when you come out and the kids, myself included, 10, 11, 12 years of age, are running up and down with our coats on pretending that we're superheroes or whatever else. And as Steve quite rightly says, I think what's happened now, this is what I was getting at when I mentioned the reboot, it had gone from almost kiddish with over-the-top makeup and, uh, you know, too much like uh, something that was going to appeal to a 12-year-old to stuff there where they've put real money in. And, of course, what's happened um, is it's gone from $200 million to, like, three, five hundred, six hundred, seven hundred billion dollars $600, And all of the Marvel and DC stuff has done that kind of that revenue. You know, they, they literally, they, they, they would not have seven or eight or nine Marvel-type movies Marvel Universe movies, one after another, featuring different actors, but uh, keeping different characters from another movie and bringing new characters. They wouldn't do that, and we've talked about this before on previous podcasts, if it wasn't working as a business model, it just wouldn't happen. It would be dropped and something else would come forward. And so quite simply, it, because it works, because it makes money, because it appeals, because you can sort of go onto Sky or whatever TV company you guys are using, cable, uh, satellite, whatever, and sit there and spend $4 and watch it in your house or take the actual experience and go and see it at a big screen with the Dolby and the big speakers um, and, and the whole going out and enjoying it. 
These things would not happen if they did not work. Christian, I believe, is playing it for more serious. The other actors that are involved are playing it more seriously. And that's why those things are coming across. I think the other thing that Steve kind of gets to, especially when we're talking about the awards and, and, and the uh, pundits, uh, pundits even, that um, Christian has enjoyed, is because he plays these roles kind of seriously. Uh, he's probably just getting into his stride here, Steve, in terms of, uh, what is he now, 47 years of age as we do this podcast. I think he's got another 10 years if he wants it, Steve. And, 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 and as he ages, get more characterful roles, get more serious roles again. I mean, he's very, very lucky in his own particular way to have done Henry V so early. That's something I could actually see him going back to, losing a few dollars in terms of uh, the payout, uh, but enjoying as a more serious, older actor and playing that older version of Henry V. And that, that kind of vibe. So, yeah. I've addressed here very quickly, or I'll address quickly now. Um, he's pretty, especially in the last 10, 15 years, Steve, the amount of uh, awards or, you know, uh, what do they call it now? When, when you, your name gets put forward as one of the actors that might win a particular role or whatever else. Nomination. Nomination, that's the word, for a bunch of roles. So he's been considered. and. There's there's quite a list here. Uh, let me give, give you an example. Three Oscar nominations, Best Supporting Actor for The Big Short and Best American Best Actor for American Household and Vice, as Steve mentioned earlier on. And there's, there'll be a bunch of others out there you guys can check out. Go, go and look on Wikipedia, look up on his, he's probably got a website of his own. And uh, of, uh, Internet Movie David, uh, Internet Movie Database, <laughs> I'm falling over my tongue today. Um, and see the list of movies, and most of those times, especially recently, critical acclaim, award nominations, and so on and so forth. So he's getting better as he gets older, I think, Steve, and 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 certainly growing into a mature actor. Uh, had he been born another ten or fifteen years earlier than that, we'd be talking about him in the same way that we do a Charlton Heston of the time. So it's, he's getting into that particular thing, and I think as the age here for me, in my mind. Is going to be one of the things that's going to actually kind of make him look better on screen and have you taken less of a pretty boy, more of a face, more characterful. And of course, his range will have increased because his experience will have increased. Uh, I will jump right in here, Steve. The thing that sticks in my mind, and we've covered this quite well in the article, uh, and I've had a particular point in my show notes, uh, is the body transformation. I'll let you touch on it first and then I'll offer my opinion. Let's get into that. So there isn't an actor that's as talented to transform his body ahead of movies as Bale. So he's done it. You know, I thought he had done it maybe in one or two movies, you know, for Batman, oh, really? for, for, for Sheenus. But really, when I was doing my research for this guy, six movies, at least, he has yes. transformed his body. So in one example, over four months, he went from 184 pounds down to 121 pounds to play Trevor Resnick in The Machinist. And the character is dealing with fear and paranoia and is unable to sleep for a year. And to prepare for the role, the way he did it was he smoked cigarettes and drank a lot of whiskey every day. So by doing that, it blunted his appetite and it basically just, you know, made his body sick inside where he didn't want to eat anything. And during that four months, he was just drinking coffee 
he was eating a can of tuna and he was eating an apple per day. That's it. And that's how he was able to lose four months. I don't recommend uh, doing this weight loss strategy of cigarettes, whiskey, coffee, tuna, and an apple. That's not, you know, that's not the way I I, I would recommend it. I think um, avoiding the cigarettes and whiskey, you know, if he would have done that, it would have been much harder to accomplish this because of the cravings for food and stuff. So that's why he added in the cigarettes and whiskey, but also for his role, he had to look, look the part. So, you know, this is, that's acting guys. I mean, acting is actually taking the role of the person and being the character. And we've seen that with, with people who have, uh, with actors who have really succeeded in their roles and they've actually that gives them a lot of points when it comes to credit being critically acclaimed to actually take yeah. over that role. We saw that in the Joker, um, the character from the Joker in recent years. He really looked skinny yes. in that movie and messed up. That wasn't just a stuntman or a stand-in. That was actually him. He lost all that weight. Yakin uh, Phoenix, he lost that weight, and he was actually able to win an Oscar for that role because he not only played the role beautifully, but he also looked the role beautifully i'll jump back in here steve i mean the, the, the very next movie that we mentioned in the article guys is him getting back up to 220 pounds literally so the following year you've gone from 184 down to 121 and then back in fact above your previous starting weight with 220 so essentially 100 pounds and then if you go back again the following year, he's dropping 55 pounds to play a down pilot in Rescue Dawn and then dropping 30 pounds to play the, as I mentioned earlier on, Steve, the drug addicted boxer in the fighter. And then a few years later, fortunately, a few years later, gaining 50 pounds to play a, a role in American Hustle. Now, what I want to jump in here, guys, and this is a specific point I want to make, because we're going to talk about diet and training and, and obviously PDs as we normally do. But it's one of those mobsters words of advice kind of situations, right? I understand, and we've addressed this in the previous uh, actor podcast that we talked about, the business of being in the movies, the sheer amount of money involved and the motivation to get into shape, et cetera, et cetera. However, we're talking about a very well-paid actor uh, who's one of a million actors doing his thing and as Stephen first you know you get critical claim but you're taking it to an extreme so whether it's um uh, someone putting on you know 30 40 50 pounds for one role uh, and then you go that's crazy he's a great method actor yada 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 look bottom line is is essentially steve and i talked about this already in the pre-show it's yo-yo dieting and it wouldn't be so bad as i just mentioned if you're talking about three years later adding a little bit of weight but this was literally one movie, then the next movie, 100 pounds difference. The previous movie dropping 60 pounds, in fact, 63 pounds to get to into shape with a machinist, then gaining 100 pounds from your machinist body weight, and in fact, close to 40 pounds more than your normal body weight anyway, and that within 12 months. Now, it was not out of shape to begin with. It was his lead. He wasn't a fat, overweight fella. He's a reasonably trim keeps himself that kind of way all year, all the time. You never really see him out of shape uh, when he's doing interviews or chat shows or any of that kind of stuff. He just looks like him physically, kind of normal guy, a little bit, I would say a little slight, 
But otherwise, probably just because we're into the bodybuilding, weightlifting, strongman, etc., we're used to people being of a certain size and shape. And so for me, he looks a little bit slight. But the reality of this situation is an unbelievably stressful on the body. And it's not even that bad if you kind of maintain it. It's almost, almost healthy to get fat and stay fat in this particular set of circumstances. It's not properly obese. He's just heavier than he was before and is a little bit podgy. And again, it's on screen makeup and so on and so forth. But the stress is specifically on the heart, Steve. And even he himself has admitted in an interview for, uh, post the movie for the machinist that he made himself unwell. So not only, uh, I mean, Steve, you guys know the guys like this when they've done, they've done irritable, it's smashing. It's not doing anything for your immune system. Uh, you're, you're opening yourself up to getting colds, sniffles, and all that kind of stuff. The very poor diet in terms of nutrition. There's barely any vitamins and minerals in, the, in, in that particular diet, and that's for the machinist. Equally, to gain 30, 40, 50 pounds, 100 pounds, and in fact, for Batman, I'll, I'll specifically point this out, he gained it by eating junk food and only when he hit the weight that he was supposed to be aiming for did he switch over to a high-protein bodybuilding-esque diet. So in a, in a way, I think that's because he was kind of rushing the weight gain and that in itself is unhealthy. On the forums, we occasionally talk about this, Steve, when we, people come online and they're saying, I need to gain 25 pounds or I need to drop 50 pounds. And we point out the obvious. And that is really that when you want to do, and you said this way more times than me, but I've always agreed, you're looking really to gain five pounds. And what you really want to do is cycle, train, eat, gain five pounds, settle, relax, take a few months, and then do it again. So by the end of the year, if you're lucky, if you keep the cycles kind of short and your diet and you allow the body to adjust, maybe you'd better be to push three cycles in it, realistically two, so that would be a 10 pound gain. And the few guys that have occasionally, and, and I've been there, when we've added 20 pounds, it's not nice. It takes a while to get used to. You're, you're not at all comfortable with it. It typically takes, any serious weight gain I've ever had, I don't know about you, Steve, it typically takes me 90 days, three months, to begin to feel comfortable. That's literally just the weight of muscle, fluid, fat, whatever on my body. That's uh, my cardiovascular conditioning, which may have been okay, but the previous body weight needs to reset and become okay with the new body weight and so on. What we're talking about here when you're talking about these massive losses and massive gains, and that's the extreme, a hundred pound range in the movies that we've already mentioned, it's not just something that you need to get used to, but it's properly, properly unhealthy. What do you think, Steve, about the yo-yo dieting? Great for the movie roles, but is it healthy in your opinion? If you're in a you know, certain weight variance and, you know, you're adjusting your weight up and down in that kind of range. It can be fine if you do it a specific way, but if you're, you know, out of range with, with the weight you're putting on or weight you're losing, then yeah, it's, it's getting to that point. So if like, also you have to factor into in Christian Bale's situation, he was a very healthy guy ahead of this. Yeah. So going into it and trashing your body or overeating or eating a lot of junk food that he can get away with it. But if you already have like a heart condition or something and you want to do rapid weight loss or you have a heart condition, you want to do rapid 
uh, weight gain, then obviously it can be very, very dangerous. So uh, like fasting, for example, and um, I know I tell people this all the time, fasting can be perfectly safe, but if you do prolonged fasting and you have existing heart problems and you're not doing the prolonged fasting correctly, you can throw your electrolyte balance off and it can really cause you know, a problem. You can get a stroke even, you know? And so you really have to be careful, even though, you know, I advocate for fasting all the time. I tell people, if you're not in good shape, you have no business prolonged fasting, unless you're really, really specifically working with a, a qualified doctor. Um, but yeah. in, no, in no means should you go from, yeah, I'm 250 pounds. I want to drop down to 100, uh, 200 pounds. I want to lose 50 pounds. So I'm just going to fast for three weeks and just do a three week fast. No, it's, it's not, it's not going to work for you. Um, I did 19 day fast. I was fine, but I was monitoring my blood pressure, my heart rate every morning. And some days it got really, really bad, but I had already been in terrific shape going into it. So my body was able to deal with that stress. So it's just the question is, is your body able to deal with that stress? But in his case, going from 184 down to 121, then back up to 220, that's yeah. really pushing the envelope. And, um, you know, I have to give him, you know, I have to applaud. I have to applaud his sheer discipline to be, yes. to be able to do that, you know. But, you know, it, at the end of the day, he did it in a way where it wasn't healthy doing this, you know, smoking cigarettes and, and drinking whiskey. It's not a healthy way to do it. So I can't applaud that part. Uh, but, you know, hey, like Mobster said, you're getting paid millions of dollars. Why the fuck not? I mean, what's the difference between what he did there and, and NFL players going out there and bashing their brains in and getting CTE, yeah. and getting brain damage? Well, the benefit yeah. is your kids never have to work. Your grandkids never have to work. Your great grandkids yeah. will never have to work. It's generational money um, in, in, in some situations. So that's that's the benefit of it. So it's just a matter of. The, the, the situation here, guys, for me, is it's kind of like what crash weight gain or crash weight loss. For the most part, when people do that, and again, this is Christian for a movie role, millions of dollars, et cetera, which we've already said, it doesn't work long term. I mean, there are, as an example, Steve, and I've used myself millions of times on this kind of podcast, I say uh, for, a, for a competition during a Sutton Decker cycle, I went from 280 to 300. I think I was something stupid like 299.6 pounds or something silly or 300 just and, and a fraction on the day and then did the competition and it gave me a certain uh, leverage advantage in terms of being more bloated and having more fluid, et cetera, and glycogen and so on and so forth in the muscles to do the strength competition that was I trained for and then the cycle. And then after that, dropped the 20 pounds. I knew I didn't want to be 300 pounds then so I dropped the 20 pounds. But that was like once a year, or in that specific case, a once, maybe two-time deal in a lifetime. Uh, if, if you say, for example, Weight Watchers and a bunch of other uh, organizations that talk about diets are much more uh, favoring in terms of the one to two pounds a week weight loss. And the idea is, and I've mentioned this a bunch of times again on the forum, when people come on and they talk about diets, they're not getting ready for a movie role. It's very rare. We might get one or two people come on that want to drop a little bit of cellular water, a little bit of uh, water under the skin, perhaps for a modeling gig that they've got coming up. But for the most part, you're talking about what I say is don't talk about diets. Don't talk about crash weight gain. Don't talk about 
crush weight loss. Talk about lifestyle changes. And that's how you keep the muscle that you gain on cycle by changing your before to the after. There's no good, for example, and we see this all the time, just, just, to, just to hammer the point, where guys, and it's not on our form, it's on every time I've ever seen this. Pretty much everybody's done it at least once. You go kind of crazy when you're on cycle. What I mean by that is you're on point with your diet, you're on point with your training, everything's a thousand percent exactly as it needs to be, and you're using PEDs. And then what a lot of guys do, this is a mistake, is they come off cycle and they go back to the same habits that they had before. You can't expect to gain five, 10 pounds of new tissue on cycle, training really hard, being completely dedicated, having your diet on point, getting your meals in on time, et cetera, et cetera. And then afterwards, going back and doing training and eating exactly as you did before the cycle and expect to keep that muscle tissue. So the same thing applies to the crash weight gain and crash weight loss. If you do those things, and we're going to, as Steve's already said, you almost give you, oh my God, you've lost 30 pounds. That's fucking amazing. Jesus Christ, that must have been hard. I know people, Steve, that have lost 12 stone. That's 140, 150 pounds. Uh, but they've kept that weight off because they made the change. Oh, if you were to gain that very quickly, it's going to take months, if not years, especially if you've been three, four hundred pounds before, to get used to that kind of stuff. And then, as I said already, as a good example, people will be surprised about having tons of loose skin when they've lost 140, 150 pounds. Well, you, you, did you think your body was going to completely go back? And a classic example of this, again, Steve, is for the most part, whether it's adding muscle or adding fat or losing tons of weight, it fit took you years to get that big or be that small, then it's not going to be a quick touch getting back to being in shape. It should be a slow process. It allows the body to transform slowly. It allows the skin to tighten up. It allows you to get used to it. That's nature. And sometimes we're trying to push it up and force these things. Again, in Kristen's example, he's doing it a little bit close in my opinion, for a couple of movies. Fortunately, most of the time is a, a slightly longer time scale in between, and it's very, very temporary. We've talked about guys getting into shape for the shirt off scene. This is a bit different. You're talking about a hundred pound difference here. And again, most of us won't be getting paid $10 million for it. So I would want to work, as Steve says, with a proper coach. I want to work with someone who knows about these things. And I would make sure that if I was coaching or working with someone like this, Steve, that is a gradual process. Whether it's getting strong, whether it's losing weight, whether it's adding muscle, a gradual process. The key point, I think, sometimes with this stuff, and guys, you should do this for yourself. If you do keep a training log, if you do keep notes, is if you're progressing, if it's a pound a week, if it's half a pound a week, so long as that's linear, so long as it's constant, great. Most people also lose a great deal of weight when you're dieting in the first week or so. That's typically cellular water. And then after that, they should slow down to, I think the extreme push is probably around two pounds a week, Steve, especially if you're getting shape for a bodybuilding competition. But for the most part, I would like to see one to two pounds a week weight loss. And that, that's achievable. It's sustainable. And that's probably the key, key phrase here. Uh, Christian's not doing that. He's not trying to get into shape. He's not talking about lifestyle changes. He's literally just doing this for a movie role. In a way, it's kind of vacuous if you think about it because I'm just doing it for it to be as an actor. But it's out there. 
we've got to talk about it and we've got to make sure that you guys know whether it's healthy, unhealthy, and so on and so forth. Kudos for managing it, Christian, but don't let people think it's a great thing to do. Back to you, Steve. And, you know, body memory is a real thing. He's able, part of the reason he's able to fluctuate his weight like this is because he's done it before. So the more you do it, the more easy it's going to do. Your body's going to remember that weight. So, yeah. you know, you got to keep that in mind too. So if you're trying to do a body transformation, you got to have realistic expectations. If you've never been skinny in your life, you've always been the fat kid. You've always been fat and as an adult. And then you want to end up having an APAC, you know, it's going to be hard. You know, it's, it's, yeah. it's not going to be easy because your body knows something and your body has to adjust. So one of the things that we do when it comes to body transformations and you can, I'm sure you've seen a lot of body transformations on Instagram and social media and on, even on steroid forms. But one of the ways you do body transformations is steroids. And we're going to kind of get into the steroids a little bit, but mobster kind of touch, uh, finish off his, you know, a little bit more on his training and diet for Batman. A lot of people want to know what was he doing for Batman specifically. So talk a little bit about that. And then I'll touch a little bit, a little bit on his diet. And then we'll kind of get into uh, his steroid cycle and talk about what he used for his Batman role. Yes. Specifically. Uh, and it was more of because there's some fight scenes in there that he needed to accommodate. Uh, you want to look on screen like you know what you're doing and it looks real and again with close-ups guys you can't always put the stunt man if his face away if it's a quick shooting across the screen if you're throwing, running up and down the side of a building it's one thing but I think the the particular film in question the, the, there's a scene where it's meant to be in some sort of Asian prison I won't say Chinese Japanese wherever it's meant to be somewhere in Asia he's kind of trapped off at the man and there's a hint of uh, Nepal about it and the Himalayas so it's, I, I'm going to say Chinese border but it doesn't really matter. But in order to prepare for that role, he had to learn Wing Chun Kung Fu. And I've said it, I don't know if I'm pronouncing this properly, Steve, Kisi fighting, uh, the Kisi fighting method. Um, and as I mentioned already, this involved, for the diet side of it, gaining a bunch of kind of bad weight, really, Steve, with donuts and, and hitting the, uh, the fighting weight, the weight that he needed to be for the role, and then cleaning that diet up and so on and so forth. So, I mean, you got that online. And as I've mentioned this in previous uh, actor podcast, people kind of guess. It's very rare, again, with the one exception, uh, possibly two exceptions that we've already addressed in the previous podcast, where you will see what the actor did. And let's be honest, guys, it doesn't really matter what he did. It's what works for you. It's nice to see, and it gives you sometimes an indication if they're training like you or they're training like a normal person. So it's best guess. Uh, if I saw Christian sitting down and talking about how he trained chess, it'd be a different conversation. So best guess, and this was for his chest, was that he was doing five exercises, chest press, dumbbells, three sets of 10, pec flies, cable, three sets of 10, uh, incline barbell bench again this is one of those things I think Steve would appreciate is about if you look good in a uniform or look good in a suit or whatever role that you're working for and again just three sets of 10 push-ups as often as not I've seen this for uh, done for roles as well well they'll literally do these every chance they get through the day but as part of a chest workout three sets of 25 reps and then bench press with barbell uh, one set of each with 10 8 5 five, three, and then finally a one rep max. Uh, and again, that's not testing his strength, Steve, of course, that's just 
and trying to do uh, crazy stuff to get the muscle and whatever else. Another suggestion, and we mentioned this in the article, is that we see this again with a lot of actors, because you're getting in shape for a role, sometimes it's limited. We mentioned him coming off the machinist and then straight into Batman and then on to something else, the, the, the movie right after. It's how much time they've got to prepare. Uh, and, and you know, contractual obligations, getting stuff signed. Have, have I got the role? Haven't I got the role? So what you should have in an ideal world is plenty of time to prepare, but that's not always the case. And if you don't have lots of time to prepare, then it's then it's really going to be super intense. It's going to be what we talked about before, Steve, with the four o'clock in the morning workouts. It's going to be 12 weeks, 16 weeks, where you are training, as we suggest here, six times a day, sometimes two to three hours a day. Now, I would say that probably splitting that up with combinations of an hour, hour and a half uh, weights uh, and another hour, hour and a half cardio. And a suggestion here is that he did cardio every single day, uh, working on flexibility and muscle coordination. And we're talking about a five-day, what we call a five-day split. Five-day split, for those of you who don't know, is essentially you, you work out the list of body parts you've got. So whether that's quads, back, chest, shoulders, arms, and, and abs, and so on. And then you take those and you do one or two body parts. So to say the chest routine which would be one, uh, back would be another and so on and so forth. So the, the whole of the body is getting worked over the five days and you can split that up, you can do different things. As we've mentioned before, it's gonna be working, almost certainly working with a uh, strength coach, someone on the training, uh, as often as not. Uh, they're, 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 they, these guys are getting paid way more money sometimes than the bodybuilding prep coaches because you're working with an actor he can sometimes in these situations, your only client, you might have 10 or 15, 20 other uh, business people, rich people that you're working with. You have to put them on hold when you're working with Christian or someone like Christian for a role. And so therefore the amount of money, you're not going to lose income. So they're going to pay you big bucks to work with them solely for 12 or 16 weeks to get you into shape for a big, big movie. Um, these guys are on speed dial at the studios. You know, back in the day, Steve, is a good example. Funny enough, I just, just, just occurred to me while we're talking, would be Vince Granoda, the classic um, guru, as he used to be called, with Vince's gym, and it was just up the road from the Hollywood studios, and they would literally send down movie stars to him, people in cowboy roles, whatever else, and say, listen, I want, you know, he needs to be in shape for this cowboy movie, he needs to drop 20 pounds, and again, it was extremes of diet, extremes of training. Vince was, by reputation, not necessarily a very nice person, but he got results, and that's what's going to happen with these these PTs, that's what's going to happen with the nutritionist. They say, listen, you know, if you think you're going to have three square meals a day and gain a hundred pounds, that's not how it works. We're, I'm going to be bringing you up at three o'clock in the morning, have a protein shake. I'm going to be coming around to you with bananas. I'm going to be, and, and as I said, another thing, Steve, which we talked about in previous shows, being on, not just getting a state, but staying in the shape. And typically for a movie like Batman, with the post-production being something separate, the actual time filming can be as little as eight weeks, could be as much as 16 weeks. Occasionally it goes longer than that. Imagine getting into shape, like one of the, the actors that we previously talked about, and then having to stay in the shape. The suits, for example, in the Batman movies over the last couple of years have got more muscular. But just wearing that outfit for 12, 16 hours a day, even if you're the main man, even if you are the actor, it is difficult in and of itself. And then you're running around in this stuff. The, the Batman suits, especially rubberized. So that's hot, indoor stuff, in the studios, under the lights. You've dieted, 
you've eaten, you've trained, you've done everything you need to be doing. There's a scene where you're getting a wound stitched up or something as part of the movie. So there's definitely sort of stuff there, but you need to be kind of muscular underneath the suit. People can tell. We talked about older movies where they were using padding. You can buy stuff off the internet, which is made of silicone and make you look like muscles. But trust me, guys, it doesn't. You can stand there and you'll look okay. But if you start to move, the silicone would bunch up and fold around. It looks kind of funky. And there's only so much movie magic. So you need to be in shape. And again, if it's a long shoot, if it's a 12, 16-week shoot, especially with these kind of roles, Steve, when you're in these kind of Superman type outfits, the comic book character kind of outfits, it's, it's, it's not comfortable to do. And it kind of doesn't need, you don't want it to be comfortable. If it was kind of comfortable and casual, uh, you wouldn't look like Superman. You wouldn't look like Batman. It, it's it, the stuff you've got to do. And again, close-up stuff, you might have to do certain um, stunt, low-level stuff, but still stunts, fighting scenes that we've already talked about. And all of that requires you to be in shape and prepared. So it's not an easy thing to do. And that's why you have all these people on helping you or part of your team. As an example, Steve, Eddie Hall's just gone over to fight for in Dubai and he's taken five people with him. And we're not talking about his wife and kids. He's literally got two physios. I just got his sparring partner and there's a couple of other people that have gone with him and they are just there to get him ready for the boxing, boxing match. Something like that would apply to Christian Bell and any of the other people that we're talking about. They have a whole team of people whose sole job is to get him into shape for the movie. And it's not an easy thing to do. It really, really isn't. And again, especially when we're talking about 50 pounds, 30 pounds, 55 pounds, and 100 pound differences between one role and the next role. So yeah, uh, if I was going to do it, if Steve was going to do it, if anybody we knew was going to do it, you're going to have to pay me some money. You're going to have to show me some serious cash because I, especially now, Steve, can you imagine you or I at the stage that we're at being in, in your case, for example, if someone said, I'm going to pay you $10,000 to gain 30 pounds, you're probably going to have to think about the amount of money before you do it. Same applies to me. If someone says it's 10,000 pounds, we want you to drop 30 pounds. I'm going to say, I'm not sure if I want to drop 30 pounds, not for 10 grand. So it's going to have to be some serious cash, proper motivation. There's also an element, and maybe it applies to actors and, and people in the media in that particular way, of ego uh, and, and wanting to be the person that can do that kind of stuff and wanting to the studios to have me come on. So there has to be a motivating factor above and beyond the cash. Trust me, when you're tired, you've been on set all day, whatever else, and someone's getting you out of bed at four o'clock in the morning to go running or do the gym stuff, there has to be something there as a driving factor above and beyond what they're putting into my bank account on a monthly basis. So it's definitely a, a kind of headspace. And if it's something you guys can learn from that, it is, and I talk about this when I talk about coaching people, Steve, I don't necessarily think that I'm teaching people anything new when it comes to training, because there's enough videos and books and articles on that kind of stuff. Same thing when it comes to diet, there is a million diets, magazines, women's magazines, men's magazines, fitness magazines, are promoting a diet every single time they bring an issue out. For me, it's, it's important to get into what I call the headspace, and that is for me to work out what's going on in your psyche and keep you motivated, keep you on point, keep you progressing. So Christian has to have that kind of motivation, Steve. Uh, and again, it might just be ego as an actor, uh, for him to get into that mind space and be driven. And if there's where we talk about having the applause, guys, 
where we say that motivation for him must be crazy, crazy, crazy strong, especially when we're talking about the 100-pound weight difference thing. Can you imagine the headspace, the place you'd have to be mentally to be driven to do that? What do you think? At the end of the day, you know, it's it's I know I talk about this and the other ones we've done too, but they're not pulling actors out of a hat to do these types of things. They know Christian Bale is capable of doing it. He's already proven it six times at least that he's capable of doing it. So if they need someone to bring in, they know he's going to do it. Christian, we're going to film a movie three months from now. You're going to be playing a drug addict who's frail. Yeah. We know you can do it. We know you, that you can cut from 200 some pounds down to 130 pounds. We know you can do it. You know, do you want the role? If the role is yours. Okay, here's $5 million. Boom. Christian, we need someone who can play, you know, a boxer. He needs to be in good shape. We need someone to play a superhero. He needs to be in good shape. He needs to be big. He needs to be vascular. He needs to be ripped. He needs to be muscular. Can you do it? Christian, here's $5 million. Go do it. They know he can do it, guys. It's not, they don't just hire people out of a hat. You know, you have to have a talent to be able to do something like that. And that makes him a versatile actor. That makes him someone who, that opens him up to a lot of movie roles and gets him these jobs uh, that the other actors can't do. So you really have to just marvel at the amount of talent he has. And, um, you know, I did a, I did a 19 day, fast and part of the reason that motivated me to do it was it was content you know i was provided you know i was provided compensation for the content but it wasn't really it wasn't you know about the money it was a challenge for me i i really wanted to do the challenge i wanted to see what it did for my body i was sick of everyone having an opinion on it and i was like fuck it let me just do it myself let me take the bullet home and i did it i did a 19 day fast i lost 14 pounds and I have a, you know, a log. You guys can look that up. Just look up evolution or 19 day fast and you'll see, you know, and I took, I tracked things daily. I tracked everything and I actually did it. So no one can turn around and say, oh, fasting does this. Fasting does that because, hey, I did it myself. So yes. you're not going to be able to lecture me on uh, what fasting <laughs> does, considering I actually did it and you've never fasted yeah. more than a day. So how the That's hell are you going to? tell me anything so i enjoyed the challenge of doing it and just to kind of see what it would do to my body and there was always that option that i could have broken my fast at any time you know it wouldn't have been a a big deal if i'd have broken my fast after day three so really it was a flexibility of being able to do it but you know those that's the things you know that some people can do it and some people can't. So, I mean, they might call me one day to do a movie role and be like, yeah, Steve, we need you to, you know, we need you to fast for, for 20 days, you know, for this movie, yeah. blah, blah, blah. But in all seriousness, yeah, I mean, you got to give Christian Bell a lot of credit and you got to give him all the respect in the world for, for what he has done. So, yeah, Mom, sir, touched on that a little bit. Well, let's get into a steroid cycle. We don't have much time left. I'm just going to jump in on the food here, Steve. I miss it again, guys. Nothing magical. There's no magic beans here that's going to get you at that beanstalk. There's no uh, secrets that he did, if you think there is. I mean, we've seen a couple of crazy, crazy examples in terms of his diet that we do not recommend. But I mean, what, what we talked about here when he said using donuts to get kind of that weight on and then switching over to a healthy high protein diet uh, to add muscle 
we're talking about stuff. And again, nothing special here. Chicken, fish, beef, vegetables, fruit, sweet potatoes and brown rice. And one of the things you guys can take from that, again, is what we call the healthy fats, including healthy fats like coconut oil, where what you're looking to do there sometimes is what we call calorie dense. I've used that particular trick there, Steve. If you can't face great plate foods of food, and if the idea of having six or seven meals a day drives you absolutely crazy, then, then how can you have tricks? And sometimes we get asked this again for specific tricks, I would rather that person is getting to good habits first, and then we can talk about the tricks. I noticed that I've already said none of the foods that I've mentioned already are magic foods. They're just good, solid, healthy food. But one of the things you can do to add additional calories is add healthy fats. Now, that's proper. I do mean proper, and Steve has talked about this again on the forums, actual proper olive oil, coconut oil, and a couple of the others. Uh, I think it's uh, avocado and macadamia, I think was one of the ones that you talk about macadamia nut oil, Steve, where these have healthy properties anyway, and they're a great way of getting in, say, 20 or 30 calories a teaspoon. Boom, straight in there. And they're going to help you because it's, you're not putting tons of food down. You're not having a high volume amount of food. One of the problems that sometimes happens with the weight gain, Steve, is that you kind of still fall full from the last, from the last meal. I did something back in the day with Paul Borison when he was still alive called the 100-Day War. And there was, I think, a part in the middle that required me to have four, four boiled eggs and a small steak before bed. And in those days, we'd work and everything else. I think I was going to sleep at 11 o'clock at night. And I'd eaten all my food for the day, had this big protein shake, which was part of the diet, and then suddenly realised I had literally about to go to bed Oh, I haven't eaten this last meal. And I was still full up, Steve. It was just, what the hell? And I, I cooked the food. I cooked the eggs and I cooked the steak. I think it was like four-ounce steak, a little bit of beef steak, and four normal-sized chicken boiled eggs. And I'm just sitting there staring at it thinking, there's no fucking way that's going down. I will choke on the, the first egg. I think I put one egg in my mouth, had half an egg, and I, I, it was just, no, it's just not going to happen. I ended up making another shake and trying to force the. I couldn't even force a jug full of this liquid down. It was literally full to the brim and absolutely not going to happen. And you, you, you kind of, you know, you, you've got those, those, those tricks, like I said, with the oil. The idea that I was going to, I don't even think I actually really gained any. I think four pounds seems to stick in my mind from way back in the day. So the 100 day war, I gained four pounds, three months. And I don't think I even kept that four pounds. I wasn't using PEDs at that particular time. And I'm literally, like I just said, guys, sitting there trying to force this in the middle with the highest volume of food, the highest calorific intake, literally kind of, I like eating. Steve knows I like eating. We've talked about off air some of the food that I eat. And I've mentioned it on online and stuff, and getting to the, you know, Ben and Jerry's and whatever, and, and, and great food that I seem to be enjoying as I get older and my taste has become more varied but I hated it at that point. And so it was really, really difficult. So there's no great magic. There's a few tricks, like we said, with the whole fuel oils, specifically the ones I've already mentioned that can add a little bit of calories in there. And so that's one of the things I kind of got into. Again, I, I, my, my diet's more varied. I'm more likely to try things, but also I know how to get calorie dense food in if I need calories. A good example of this, Steve, I've used this a few times. Back when I was working hard for a living, I, I, I use that phrase lightly, 
um, rather than doing what I do now, which is not working quite as hard. If I'd done a long 12-hour shift, I would come in and have a lasagna. And uh, I'm talking about five or 600 grams. I think, no, the one, I've, one of my favorite ones is a kilo. So that's 2.2 pounds of lasagna. That's 1,800 calories. I might not eat all of it, and, and I might even have something with it. That has a lot of calories, but it's in kind of a small amount, really, uh, in, in terms of the size. It's not a great dish or whatever else. So there are things you guys can do that particular way. Uh, and, and we know, Steve and I have talked about this online. Nine times out of 10, last point I'm going to make on this before we get to the steroids. The guys that are overweight, and I include the girls that are overweight, are eating too much. And the guys that are underweight, and the girls again, aren't eating enough. It is that simple for the most part. Not everybody, but let's say take nine out of 10 people, underestimate what they're, that they're not eating enough. And they underestimate how much they're eating if they're overweight, and they overestimate how much they're eating if they're underweight. It's as simple as that. It really, really is. How many times, Steve, have we seen underweight individuals that want to gain 10, 15 pounds tell us that they're eating as much as possible or they're eating all the time? And you've done it, and I've done it. I've had clients write down what they're eating, and it's shit. Or, or, or they're literally just not getting enough food in. That's how it works. Christian has proved how it works because he's made it work. He's deliberately starved himself to lose weight and he's deliberately overfed himself to gain weight. He's a great example in that particular way to prove the point that for most people, then their activity levels aren't what they think they are and the food is intake is never what they imagine it to be. I remember reading something the other day, Steve, I don't think it was on the forums, where um, the person managed to get a client to literally write down every single thing and they hadn't included in their diet all the biscuits and Christmas snacks they were having. They only included the main meals, breakfast, dinner, tea, whatever. They hadn't included any of the snacks. And literally, as soon as they addressed the snack issue, the, the diet change and the transformation started. So, guys... Christian is a great example of someone who's able to manipulate that. And like Steve said already, Hollywood knows he can do it. That's why they go to him for these transformation roles. They say, we need you to be 30 pounds heavier. Arnold, I think I mentioned in a previous pod, uh, podcast, Steve, for Conan, dropped 20 pounds because he knew that the screen would make him look differently. And a lot of his roles have been like that. He's not on screen at Mr. Olympia 225. Is it 215? Is it 210? Is 205 on screen because it looks different. And he's managed to do that. And he knows how to do it, of course, because he's a bodybuilder through and through. And he knows how to manipulate and take things out of a diet. And again, he knows the motivation for Arnold is looking good on screen. And of course, leading actor, percentage of the gross and so on and so forth. Let's get into the PED, Steve. I'll let you start as usual and talk about it. We know, guys, there's almost certainly going to be a reason for them to use performance enhancing drugs to enhance their transformations. Um, again, they have a responsibility not to talk about these things because they're so influential, because they're sort of being in front of hundreds of millions of people sometimes, depending on the role. So they won't talk about it, but we will. Let's talk about what we think you used it. So really, really not crazy amounts uh, that he was using. He's not a pro bodybuilder or anything. He's not going to use, you know, 20 different things. But for his Batman role, you know, we talked about his diet for that already. And we could speculate that part of that transformation, definitely anabolic steroids were involved. And 
We know guys in Hollywood use anabolic steroids. We need, know they use HGH. Um, yep. Sylvester Stallone got busted for HGH. Uh, he was uh, grabbing a bunch, and it was um, he got busted by customs for uh, for traveling with it. So we know they're into it. One of the things that I'm adding to his cycle is HGH. And HGH, probably four IUs a day would, would, would be a good, a good dosage. And it's not too much and it's not too little. It's kind of, it's, it's a pretty strong amount if you're using real HGH. It's a pretty damn strong amount for a, a non-pro bodybuilder who's not on insulin and who's not on tons of, tons of steroids and tons of drugs. So four IUs a day would be a sweet spot for someone in, in his situation. Another thing, Sustanon, 500 milligrams a week. Now, why Sustanon? It's a longer ester. It's something he can just pin once a week, something that's going to be in his system a while. And also, Sustanon is popular in your, in your side of the pond, Mobster and Brady. Oh, yeah, yeah, I, I love it, man. I love it. And as I mentioned earlier on, Steve, the gain of the 20 pounds from 280 to 300 on the Sustendecker cycle. And I've stated many times on the forum, it's one of my favorite drugs for that particular regard. I think that what we're talking about here, Steve, is also something that works for what he wants it to work for. So, yeah, 100%. And, and, and relatively easy to get hold of over here. And, of course, via uh, many sponsors on the forums. About you. Yeah, and the TRT of choice is Sustanon. And then in East Europe, it's Omnidron, which is the same thing as Sustanon. Now, now is the same thing. It wasn't always the same thing. But yeah, it's designed just for limited pinning. You can really pin it once every two, three weeks even. You just pin the amount that you want to spread over that, that time period, and one ester picks up after another. Of course, it's mostly made up of a long decanate ester. Another thing, 600 milligrams a week, trimbolone enanthate, and then stopping it halfway through, then switching over to primobolin 1,000 milligrams a week in its place. A couple of reasons for that. The cardio aspect, Trimbolone really does a number on your cardio. Primobolin isn't great for cardio, but it's not bad for cardio either. It's kind of neutral, and it's not going to mess mess with you the way Trend would. Trend is an absolute misery if you want to do cardio. So he had to do cardio even though he was putting on weight. It's a big misconception. People think, oh, he's putting on weight. He's not going to do cardio. Initially, he probably cut back on his cardio, but he had to basically still be in good shape and have good cardio to do a type of role such as Batman to do these movies. You have to have good endurance. You have to have good energy because you're on a movie set for hours. And as someone who used to do do acting, actors like to jerk around a lot. And it got, it gets to the point where you're on set for hours just to film a five minute scene. So you better have patience, you better have endurance, you better have energy to be able to hit that scene at your peak. And being on Trembolone, you know, is not a fun experience in that situation. Um, and it's something that he would have, have used initially to gain a lot of size and gain a lot of weight. Because yeah. yes, with Trembolone, <laughs> I don't know why people think Trembolone, you can't bulk on Trembolone. That's what they use on cattle to bulk up cattle. They use the Phenapolis, right? So why would people think you can't bulk up on Tremblone? I have no clue. But Tremblone is a great, absolute great bulker. One of the best bulkers out there is Tremblone and then adding some testosterone to it. So 
jump in here, Steve. Go ahead, yeah. The Batman movie specifically, because this is a cycle that we're talking about. There are scenes where he's climbing up a mountain. There are scenes when he's, I believe, he's on a glacier. There are scenes where he's fighting. You've got a scene, I think, when he's sort of burning down one of the buildings and he's escaping and he's running around. There's a scene that I mentioned earlier on where he's in a prison and he's having a fight. Trust me, guys, this is not something that's taken like one day or done in one one shot. It's just not. So let's just take the fighting scene alone, Steve. We've already mentioned having him to pick up on two specific martial arts to get into shape and be ready for that scene. And then I believe there's like part of that where he's, he's kind of scrabbling around in the mud to fight these guys, hitting each other with like you know pans and breakfast and all this kind of stuff. And there's a big Chinese guy, a small Chinese. There's a whole bit there. This is probably four or five days' work. And it's repeated again and again and again. Different camera angles. And what I said earlier on, not necessarily with a stuntman. There will be parts with a stuntman. There'll be pads that they're falling onto, you know, covered with mud or whatever, so they don't hurt themselves. You don't get injured. There's no good getting injured. Then you can't do the role. Then they have to fit someone else on, get the, oh, oh, the understudy, all of that kind of stuff. So, but it's, it's I would guarantee, Steve, as you've just said, it's setting up the scene, setting up the camera, setting up the lights, getting the cameras into position, getting the actors into position. And you might do that six, seven, eight times a day for three, four days, just for what is essentially a five minute scene on camera in the movie. Uh, and, and so you have to be in shape 100%. And another thing, obviously, which Steve kind of refers to again, if you're doing a trend, if you're adding a muscle, and then you're getting kind of your cardiovascular stuff going out the window because of the trend. Well, of course, you've still got to do cardio. That's just to stand still in terms of your cardiovascular ability. And now, of course, he's got to get ready for this movie and do the scenes as we described. And that's not what's the fighting scene, but all the other scenes that I've mentioned. So 100% Steve is doing cardio, whether he's on trend or not, just to stand still in terms of being in shape and then to prep for the movie, then to be ready for these scenes. And again, as I said, it's, there are scenes where he's driving a Lamborghini. There are scenes where he's in his suit. There are scenes where he's going around Wayne Manor. They don't require any great cardiovascular ability. But the other stuff, the action stuff, the close-up action stuff, the fighting stuff, the wearing the suit all day stuff, 100% you need to be able to accommodate. You need to be able to get used to that stuff. And again, it's not, It's you know, you, they don't say, right, fight, film for five minutes and then we go to the next. That's not how it works, guys. It just isn't. It is can be fast-paced, can be incredibly tiring, can be long day. It might be that you're just waiting for the light at this time of day if you use a natural light, and you still need to be ready to go, go, go when the light's ready, when the light's ready, when there's, there's the camera, you know, all of that stuff. The, 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 the microphone's in the right position, but the camera's not. That kind of thing all day long, and then go when I need you to go. So, yeah, trust me, he's doing definitely doing cardio there, Steve. I'll take the last three drugs here, Winstrol, Anavar, and Equipoise. What we're looking at here, and again, for me, Anavar would be one for maintaining any strength. And again, this is stuff like some of the scenes where he's fighting, uh, uh, looking muscular and so on. And the other two drugs are kind of, for me, in this particular situation, ones that are keeping muscle on him, keeping him lame, keeping him in shape. Again, Guys, none of the drugs that we talk about work if you don't diet properly, if you don't eat right, if you don't train right. So when we talk about keeping in shape, when we talk about keeping him lean, when we're talking about him looking good visually on camera for the role, 
he's still doing the other aspects. He's still looking good. And he needs to do that by doing the rest of the work. It is not and never will be a simpler case of taking a drug and adding muscle and never having to train for it or taking the drug, keeping your diet exactly the same and suddenly appearing lean. It doesn't work like that. It's just that some of these drugs help you, aid you in those particular areas. So for example, I could probably gain or lose weight dose dependently. And I I mentioned the numbers, they're not excessive as Steve said earlier on. 100 milligrams a day of Winstrol. I'm going to say orally, Steve, I don't think he'd want to be driving himself too often. And he'd probably have someone to help him with that. Uh, and again, probably under the supervision of, uh, of a doctor, a Hollywood doctor, someone who knows exactly what that's all about and doesn't mind this, uh, signing an NDA. Uh, 120 milligrams of Davanovar. That's a kind of high dose, but it's a roll, gets into shape, does what he needs to do, comes off. He's not looking to take this gear year round. He's not looking to do multiple cycles. And a lot of the stuff that he's doing involves losing weight. Uh, and then finally, which is kind of high, but again, looking good on screen for the way that he needs to for short periods of time, a thousand milligrams a week of equipoise for the reasons that I've already stated. Yeah, back to you, Steve. Yeah, and then, I, you know, I would say with the equipoise, it's a great one uh, to use in his situation because equipoise is very versatile. You can cut on equipoise, you can bulk on equipoise. It, it doesn't mess with your cardio. It increases your cardio, actually, and it's a very mild steroid. So really equipoise, I think, is a great one. And I think that his trainer or his coach, personal trainer, whatever, would have definitely had him mess around uh, with, with the equipoise. And so it really makes sense. And I, I would, you know, I would, if you wanted to kind of be specific on this, I would say that this, this diet is really, really good for appetite. I think the Anavar combined with the testosterone and the sustenon and combined with the equipoise, I think it's really, really all really good. And that's another reason why you would cut off the trembolone, you know, halfway through because trembolone does reduce your appetite. In a lot of cases, it can give you carb cravings, but it can also drop your appetite entirely where you feel satiated. You don't want to eat on it. You feel nauseous because it's such a harsh drug on your system and very inflammatory on your system. Just another good reason why he would cut that off and then take Primabolin because Primabolin doesn't fuck with your appetite either which way. But Equipoise, Testosterone, Anavar, even a little bit with Winstrol, it can, they, they can combine to increase your appetite and give you a nice healthy bulk. So that would be something he would, he would mess around with. So finish us off, Mobster, with your final thoughts and take us to the disclaimer. Yep. You just reminded me about the sus there, Steve. I think one of the things I mentioned in a previous podcast that we did was I said that uh, there have been a couple of times on cycle, and sus and decker must, must be that cycle if my feeble old brain works properly, where I was thinking about the food that I was going to eat while I was still living the meal that was in front of me. So, yeah, there are essentially times when I've tried to force feed on a diet vis-a-vis the 100-day walls that I mentioned earlier on. And there's been times when certain drugs, and I think SUS is definitely one of those drugs for me, where I was looking forward to the next meal while I was eating the meal that was there, right in front of me. The food's in my mouth. I'm feeling full up, and I'm still thinking about the next meal. I'm still looking forward to the next one. I can't wait for the next meal. So, yeah, there, there's particular things here. Listen, guys, ultimately, we're talking about a really good... I mean, just, just on the acting alone, Christian Bell's great. He's a great, great actor. And a couple of movies that we've mentioned... You need to go and check out American Psycho specifically, in my opinion, just to see how versatile, because it's kind of fucked up. 
And uh, yeah, uh, very sort of, although it was done in 2000, it's very indicative of the 80s. So those of you that wasn't even born that listened to this podcast will probably enjoy that. Just to kind of get a slightly over the top version of how crazy, and, and again, he is a psycho in the movie, guys. It's not, it's not, not, not there. Um, we're also talking incredibly versatile, both physically, which is of course what we've addressed, and in terms of his actual acting range. And my gut feeling is he's going to get better. However, as I say, I don't recommend personally these extremes of transformation because it's one thing for argument's sake, taking an actor and building him up, making him into a Superman, a comic book character, and then have him go back to how he looks normally following that role. Sometimes keeping a little bit of muscle. What we're talking about is the quite big extremes of both gaining and losing weight. And as Steve said, not once, not twice, but multiple times, six that we're aware of. I mean, the, the, I think the, the smallest transformation is 30 pounds. And as I mentioned earlier on, 30 pounds on Steve or off Steve or 30 pounds on me or off me is a big amount. And Christian is just a normal guy, 184 pounds pro- before he did the machinist that's that's kind of he's six two i believe i was 175 pounds aj in so it's kind of skinny i'm a slightly sort of six three but it, it's not oversized it's not undersized not really and yet he's gone from 184 down to 120 130 then back up to 220 and then the following year dropped 55 and then three years later down 30 these, thing, these things are okay if you're a highly paid actor, but we do not recommend them for you, our listeners, to be going back and forth, gaining and losing, gaining and losing. And you're not, sometimes it's just because you're, you come off the diet, just sometimes you're depressed, there's some shit going on in your life, you gain 30 pounds. We get that. We understand it. We've all had elements of that at one point or another in our life. But what we don't want you to do is do it again and again and again. We want you to come on. We will help you. We will advise you. We will point you in the right direction. And say you come on and you're 250 and you need to get down to 200. We've had people on our forums run logs that are doing exactly that. Steve talks about the 19-day fast to show that things like that can be done and to prove the point. We want you to lose that weight slowly and keep that weight off and be in shape. And then you go off and spread the word about how you did it, your journey, and so on. What we don't want is you to come back a year later and you've gained that 50 pound, and a year later you've lost it. And you come back a year later and you've gained 30 pounds, and a year later you've lost it. That's not what we want you to do. It's not going to work long term. It's less than ideal. And you are certainly not doing it because you're Christian Bell and you're getting paid $10 million, $15 million, $25 million for a big, big, big movie. I don't think Christian's going to be doing this stuff long term. He's doing it now done it in the last few years, done it since 2000 odd, uh, which would be 22 years ago, so he would have been 27, and much more capable and able to do it at that particular time, as the age that he is now at 47, and the age that he'd be in a few years when I think he drops into those roles, I don't think we're going to see him gaining and losing the way that he did, Steve. I, I mean, you know, the, the roles are going to differ, the necessity goes out the window, and ultimately it would impact more on his health as an older guy than it would as a younger guy when you could kind of do crazy fucked up stuff when you're younger and, and, you, and you do, we all think we're invincible, so we all do stupid shit, especially the guys when we're younger, whether that's staying up all night and going to work, whether that's drinking, three days straight, 
they're going to stag do with the guys, all of those kind of things. But you're not a multi-million dollar paid actor trying to get into character. You don't need to look amazing on set for 16 hours a day and so on and so forth. Christian was doing that stuff when he was younger. He won't be doing it when he's older, I guarantee it. And uh, yeah, not 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 necessarily a recommendation. On the, on the other plus side, which Steve has already said already, the, the, his ability to do it and his motivation, as I said earlier on, Steve, is, is tip top. The idea that he's able to do this stuff, get into shape and uh, pull it off and do it inside of a year in a couple of times, literally three to six months from one movie to the next movie and be transformed, it blows my mind. So yeah, we give him a, a, a kudos for that because the transformation is difficult. Right guys, as always, please note we are not doctors and the opinions on this podcast are hours and hours alone. It's our view and it is based on our experience and views on the topic. Our podcast are for informational purposes and entertainment only for freedom of speech and the president.